today and welcome to another great message from Mr. Christian Outreach Church. We pray you'll be inspired and equipped by this teaching. For more information on Noosa Christian Outreach Church, please check out our website at noosacoc.org.au. Enjoy. How good is redemption? Isn't it amazing that, you know, once we were lost, but now we're found? You know, isn't it great to be found? I don't know if you've ever been lost, but you know, you know, if you know, we know spiritually, but if you've been lost physically and, you're, and, and then you've been found, you know, it's, it's one of the most liberating experiences. You know, when you, I was over in Rome a few years ago and uh, I knew exactly where I was, but I, I lost Kristen. And uh, you know, surprise, surprise, she was buried deep in, um, in some Roman clothing store um, spending thousands of dollars on uh, you know, designer clothes, and I was, I was kind of worried because we're in another country. We had we just arrived, so we hadn't um, organised connecting to each other, and uh, you know. So I'm starting to. I'm eventually I'm running up and down the main street of um, of the Rome shopping district because I knew she'd be in there somewhere, and. And uh, when I found her, she's like, hey, happy days, walking with the bags, you know, and I'm like a sweating mess, thinking, you know. And I think this is a little bit like, um, a little bit like uh, us and God, you know what I mean? God's not shopping, but he's always at peace, isn't he? Because he's already got everything. He doesn't need to go shopping. He's, he's, he's at peace. And sometimes we're, it's the other way around. When we're lost, we're running around frantic, trying to, to solve our own redemptive story. Because everyone on this planet knows they need redemption. A lot of people don't realise that Christ is the answer to that redemption. But everybody knows they need saving. They need to be found. They need, you know, we're looking for closure. We're looking for a new start. We're looking for, for great things to, to, to come out of a, of, of a hard situation. So we've got to remember every day when we get up, you know, we've got to say, hey, how good is God? And if you forget how good God is, you know, just take a little drive or walk down to, to some of the most beautiful creation you'll ever see on the planet in Noosa and go, wow, how good is God? Creation cries out the glory of the Lord. Look for ways that you can, um, that you can see God's goodness everywhere because, it, let me tell you, it's everywhere. The goodness of God leads to change, doesn't it? And you can be there. I went for a run with a few of the boys this morning and Dwayne Potter was there and it's his goal every time we go for a run to say hello to every person on the track, from, which is eight and a half kilometres around. And on, when, it's, when it's holiday time, there's hundreds of people on there. And, uh, you know, if you've seen him run, he's panting pretty hard because, you know, because he's trying to keep up. And the, but he gets them out. He gets the hellos out and blesses people. And he says, I'll say hello to someone and it'll, they'll smile every time. You know, because the goodness of God is as much... What you've got to realise is when you look at creation and say, how good is God? Look back at yourself and say, hey, this is part of creation. How good is God? And all I've got to do is say hi to someone and it lights up their world. It's an amazing thing. So I don't say hello to anyone now because he's already said it to everyone. And if, I, if they get said hello all the time, they'll think we're all crazy people, so I just frown at them. And, uh, just to prepare, it's like good cop, bad cop. Just kidding. 
It's a new day for, for, for this church. Uh, we've, we, have, um, we have merged with our brothers and sisters, our cousins from, from Pomona, and uh, we're starting that new service that Kristen mentioned this morning. And uh, we're, we're pretty excited about... Uh, coming together and uh you know for for some of the Pomona guys it feels like the city's coming to town and uh even though we kind of feel you know a little bit like country bumpkins here but it but you know so we want to go out there and we want to humble ourselves and we want to serve and I encourage you to to um to figure out a way that you can you can participate along the journey and serve these guys and be a blessing because you know you know as, as we consider this new season I just want to take a few moments this morning and unpack this whole concept of the church. The church, the ecclesia, the body, the bride, you know, the, the people of God, all, what, all this, this gathering of the saints. You know, the Bible's pretty clear with it. It says, do not forsake the gathering. It's saying, go to church. Go and connect with fellow believers. And, uh, and it's important that as we that, that we, we resonate with that, but I think it's important that we find out in our hearts why he called us to do that. What's so amazing about the church? I mean, I, you know, I, I love coming to church. You know, like I was saying, you know, I love sitting in worship and just you know, singing great songs, but also just allowing God just to stir, stir up my mind and, and renew my mind. And I go, wow, what an, you know, I'm just sitting there this morning, I'm going, how amazing is Hermione? And, and, and you just go, you, you know, I go, well, when, when God triggers something in your mind, I think it's important that we go and we, we take step of faith after that point. And generally, it's something to do with honouring someone or encouraging someone or taking a risk. And, uh, you know, it's, it's risky being in church, isn't it? Because here's the problem with church. If you stay long enough, everyone's actually going to get to know the real you. <laughs> Crazy stuff, isn't it? No, I, I, you know the concept of body surfing, where you go to all the different bodies. You surf the bodies of Christ. You know, no one necessarily gets has to get to know you properly. You get to experience a meeting. But do you know what the key to to, to the to not forsaking the gathering is? It's it's actually allowing yourself to become known. God wants you to become known to your family, and it's as you become known, and people, and you realise that people know me, and they still love me. That's when you know you're, you're in the right place. Because we've all got a few uh, spider webs in the closet, don't we? And, uh, it, you know, it's like when people come to visit your house, you know, what do you do? You scurry around for 20 minutes and um, pick up all your wife's clothes off the floor and uh, pack them away. Just so that when people go, they actually think that you're a neat and tidy bunch of people. And... Uh, so today, let's, talk, let's take a look at what it means to be, to be the body, the church, the bride, the ecclesia, you know, the, the gathering of the saints, whatever, whatever you want to call it. You know, let's talk about what that is. And, and I think it's important that we start with who's in charge. See, the head of the church is Jesus Christ. It's very important that we get our, an understanding who the head of the church is. Because here's, here's the challenge that we face. If we think a person is the head of the church and not Jesus Christ, then when we, when we move from one community, if you change communities, if you leave town and go somewhere else, if the head of the church was your old pastor, what are you going to do when you go to the, the, new, the new community? You're going to be pining after your old pastor instead of continuing to worship Jesus. 
Christ is the head of the church. God has put all things under the authority of Christ and has made him head over all things for the benefit of the church. He's the head for our benefit. It's important that we constantly remind ourselves that he is the head. That's why we take communion each week. That's why uh, you know, we, we diligently, James and I diligently go through the songs that we sing and make sure they're God-honoring, not God-serving us. We want to make sure our worship is about him, not about what he can do for us. Because he said it's already finished. He's already done it all. We need to spend some time just acknowledging his magnificence and his greatness. And saying to it, you know, worship is saying to yourself, you're saying, how good is God? I love that. How good is God? And and what comes after that sentence is is a never-ending list of amazing things. And sometimes... You just get a feeling that God is good and you don't even know why. They're the best ones, I think. See, the church is not a democracy. People rule. We, we live in a democracy, yet we don't, go, we don't come to a democracy, do we? Church is a theocracy. It's ruled by the king of all kings. We don't get a vote. We get to buy in. Hey, we get to say, yeah, I'm in. Lord, thank you, I'm in. So it's interesting, when someone leads you, when someone like myself or our eldership or whoever comes in and says we're going to lead you, it's important that you, that you do... I think the Apostle Paul shared it very well when he said, follow me as I follow Christ. It's very important that, that you're, constant, you, you're, you're worshipping Christ, you're acknowledging Christ. He is the source. He is the access to our Heavenly Father. But it's amazing that God uses people to lead on his behalf. Can you believe God uses us? Look at the person next to you and go, he even uses you. God wants to use us to do his work. And it's, isn't it amazing? Every, you know, we, I wake up every, every other day and I go, oh, yeah, that's right. Senior pastor, you know, um, be nice to people today. I love Acts 20, verse 17. The main verse is verse 28, but in verse 17 it talks about the Apostle Paul. He sends a message to the elders of the church at Ephesus asking them to come to him. And then in verse 28 it gives them the, gives them the goods. He says this, he says, Guard yourselves and God's people, among which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers to shepherd the church of God which he purchased with his own blood. He owns it. He owns the church. And he purchased it with his own blood. So if you have any influence, if you have any authority, understand that that authority, that influence, is to simply guard yourselves and to guard God's people. Because the Holy Spirit has made us overseers on his behalf for his church. It's his church. I love it that he purchased with his own blood. You know, the leadership um, that's given to the elders, um, you know, it's one of responsibility to carry out uh, the work of God here in in this this little place called Noosa and Pomona now as well. And I want to just encourage you, I want to just unpack a little bit for you how we look at it in this church. And, uh, you know, we, we see that the, the elders and the pastors, they have, the, they have the, the roles include 
equipping and training, which we see in Ephesians. They include shepherding, you know, pastoral care. They should t- include teaching and challenging people to, to, to know and to stretch. It includes being an example, and it also means being aware and of the needs of the church and um, figuring out ways that we can, uh, we can carry each other's burdens. These, these are the key roles of the pastors of the church. Someone said to me once, a senior pastor... When you're a senior pastor of a church, it feels like you're, you're, um, you're writing a book, you're making a movie, and you're doing your taxes all at the same time while you're, make, while you're painting a piece of artwork. Because sometimes, you know, you, you, we get caught in the organisation of church. And the thing that disrupts the relationships is organisation. But eventually, if more than, more than one person's in a room, things are going to get political. Because we disagree, don't we? We disagree on so much. I like that song. I like that song. I like this music. I like that music. You know, I think that, I think that, um, you know, Josh should should you know have long hair. Some think you should, I should have short hair. You know, some think you know maybe I like it a little bit of stubble, but not too much. You know, some of you think oh the food's good here, but maybe some more deep fried stuff. You know, there's the the things that are political in church life have nothing to do with the things that are core to church life. Christians all around the world today took communion. We take communion because it's our common union. It's the thing that unites the worldwide church. It's the thing that unites us and said, we are the worldwide body of Christ. And there's some family in Uzbekistan today taking communion and they are worshipping the same God in another language in a music style that we don't understand or probably never heard before. And God's looking at their heart the same as he's looking at your heart. And he's saying, I love you. Senior pastors, what do senior pastors do? You know, the Bible, the Bible mentions the word pastor about three times. So why, you know, why is this, what's the big thing with pastors in church, you know? The, the challenge that we face in the Bible is the Bible talks a lot of general stuff about church, but it doesn't actually say, okay, you need to sing uh, three songs, and after the third song, you need to do uh, communion. Then you sing the fourth song, someone's got to pray. You know, we've got to lay hands on some people. Then we take up the offering, and uh, there's a preach and an altar call, and uh, off we go and have a cup of tea. You know, it, I never, I've never seen that in the Word. And he says, hey, love me out of who you are as a bunch of people. Worship me out of your personality because, you know, he gave us personality so, so, so that we could um, enjoy each other and he gave us hearts so that we could love him behind our personalities. So what do we do? Senior pastors do. We preach the word, we cast the vision and we lead the leaders. That's the simplicity of, of what we do as, as senior pastors in the church. We preach the word, we cast the vision and we lead the senior leaders, all under the submission of our elders. We've got an amazing bunch of elders in this church who, um, who love you. And some, you, a lot of times we don't see. We saw, we saw Robin this morning share a word. He's one of our fearless elders along with his wife, Kay, and, and, and the great Fullers, who, we, who we, um, we all know and love so well on the front row. We've got Bev Tunley, who's with them next to them. We've got Matthew Leek and... Uh, and obviously Kristen and I are a part of that team as well. We submit everything that we do. If I have a vision, the first bunch of people that I submit the vision to is the elders. And then they slap me around for a while and eventually, you know, all of the fleshness of Josh comes off it 
And we're, li- we're left with this elder-approved vision for the church. So we have, an el- we have a board of people. We have a, a board. Our board is called the Committee of Management in this church. And uh, they, they oversee the resources because it's very easy to, to overspend here and underspend over here and to, to give more to, to um, this bunch of people and less to that bunch of people. And the board, you know, we submit our ideas and our, 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 our spending ideas and our ch- financial challenges to the board and they uh, bring, their, bring their wisdom from their walks of life. What an amazing board that we have. It's a privilege to work with them all. And... Uh, and if you're a member of our board, why don't you just stand up this morning? There's Benjamin, Madden, Robin, Wayne, Mike, Owen. that everyone? All the boards here are on the same day. It's a miracle. <laughs> Let's just honour these guys. These guys are a blessing, hey. And uh, it's important that... that, um, that uh, we understand that church is not just one person's idea. Church is the gathering of the saints. Yeah, I love that. I love that we sing all these songs that our guys have written. I love that that the, the, the different people on the door each week just you just come in and you you know and you, and they just love on you as you walk through the door. You know what an amazing chef we've got who's obviously sick of the message and she's leaving. <laughs> She cooks great food and I kind of loiter around her every Sunday to see if there's any scraps from the kitchen that I can eat, you know, after it's all finished. And, uh, you know, our kids, you know, who, who even knows what happens over there? Hey. But, man, you know, we've got Anita Searle and her team who just, I don't know what's in that lady, but she loves children more than they should be loved. Elders oversee spiritually, boards oversee resources, and senior leaders and pastors administer the vision of the church. It's good to get your head around these things, isn't it? Okay, now it's your turn. What does it mean to be a member of a church? We don't have a, we don't have a sign-in blood um, application for membership in this church. We have a, we have a personal declaration. Oh, this, this, I am a member of this church. You get to decide that yourself. And, uh, but before we even look at that, let's look at what it means. You know, the, the, the church is the worldwide gathering of the followers of Christ. Now, here's the thing. Its members are those who have committed themselves to Jesus as Lord, trusted him as Savior, and have expressed this commitment in repentance, confession, baptism, and discipleship. How do you know, but you, you know, how do you know if, you're, uh, if you're in the church, you know, you know it by this. You know that you believe and that you've confessed. You know that you're, you're following. If you're a disciple, it just means you're following Christ. You're seeking his will and his ways. You know, you've, you've repented for yesterday's and, and, you know, you've confessed that he is Lord of your life. That's how we know we're in the body of Christ, the worldwide body of Christ. What a privilege it is to call ourselves members of the body. There's a lot of talk these days about the global village church. You know, the, as the church gets small and you can listen to everyone's preach from all over the world, we think that we're going to church by listening to someone's preach from the other side of the planet. But let me tell you, the gathering, the ecclesia means the gathering. If you're listening to church on the radio or on the TV, you're actually not at church. You're just listening to someone tell you some things. This is, the, you, you know, if you shut your eyes now and pretend there's no one around you, you're no longer at church. You're just listening to some, someone talk to you. 
The church, the ecclesia, is the gathering. And we think that we grow from the messages. We think that we grow from the information, from the prayer. One of the main areas that we grow is from the gathering. We grow almost more in the foyer than we do in the room here. That's where God's doing business with you. He's doing business with, in you through the person who's sitting next to you. So what does it mean to call yourself a member of the Noosa or Pomona church? Worldwide church gathers in local fellowships of committed disciples, and we do that right here in this church. Committed disciples of God, we gather in a, in a church like this. We acknowledge other fellowships. We don't say we've got the only answers. Hey, we don't say we've, we're the only way. We don't say what we preach is the only message. We acknowledge fellowships all over the world and all over this community who serve Jesus Christ. It's important that we're not in competition with the other churches. We are here so that God can shape us and so that we can become people who do his will. God's doing business in your heart this morning. He wants you to embrace the fact that you're a member of the worldwide body and that he's called you to rub shoulders with the people around you so that he can, he can sharpen you, that he can develop you, and then he can use you to bless a world who desperately needs him. So the difference between an attendee and a member comes down to one simple word, commitment. Commitment. What are we committing to? Are we committing to sweeping the floors? Are we committing to, to, uh, you know, to uh, washing the dishes? You know, I think what we're committing to is we're committing to a relation, allowing a relationship to go all the way through the stages of relationship. Isn't it amazing when you meet someone and you connect with them and there's this, there's this you know, real, there's this um, forming time where, you know, it's, everything's fun, joyful. And then, and then after a while, you go through this storming phase where you find a few little things that you disagree with. And then after you've walked through those things, you, then you go through this stage they call it the norming See, we form relationships, and then it gets a bit stormy, and then we create new norms, and we figure out how to get along to each other, and then we form better relationships. You see, what we're committed to is we're not committed to, to, the, um, to the brand that's out the front. We're committed to building relationships and allowing them to go through the phases that they go through. And that happens with us and God, and it happens with us and people, doesn't it? Sometimes we meet God and we have this amazing time and, you know, and God steps into your life and you get saved, healed, delivered, set free or encouraged or you get this amazing revelation and then he says, okay, now your hunger needs to kick in and you need to come and search and follow me and dig into my scriptures and pray and learn how to worship and, and, and learn how to dance in church you know, and, and learn how to do all these different things that, um, that, that, that require us to step into his world. It's interesting, isn't it? Jesus asked us to love God and to love people. And this is the birthplace of that. The church is the birthplace of loving God and loving people. So if I now choose to unite with this family, okay, I say to myself, all right, this morning... Okay, I choose to unite with this family. I choose to become a member. I commit myself to God and to the other members, what happens then? What does that even look like? 
When we're committed, I want to unpack a few things for you this morning. The first thing I want to say to you, if we call ourselves members of a local church, if we call ourselves uh, our family, if we, want to, if we want to use those sorts of words, if we want to say that we're community, family, or members of a local church, what does it mean? The first thing it means is it means I will protect the unity of my church family. Romans 15, 5-7 says this, it says, Now may the God of patience and comfort grant you to be like-minded toward one another according to Christ Jesus, that you may be with one mind and mouth, glorifying the God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, receive one another just as Christ also received us to the glory of God. One mind and one mouth glorifying God. One mind and one mouth glorifying God. You see, we can, we can do many different things, you know, on our own for Jesus, but one of the hardest things is to come together with one mind and one mouth and do it together. It's very difficult, isn't it? Because you've almost sometimes got to lay your personality aside. Sometimes you've got to lay your, your style aside, you know. I'm a way groovier person than the guy that stands up here, but I kind of just dull it down because I want to just be part of the community. I allow Christian now to have the bling. He's the, he's the handsome one of the group. Sometimes you, you've got to go, okay, you know, if it was me, church would be, you know, jazz, blues, sort of 60s era, Etta James sort of style worship every Sunday. That would be me. Hands up. <laughs> Just kidding. Let's have a vote. It's not a democracy. See... We love these things personally, but sometimes we go, okay, is it about whether I enjoy something or is it about whether I'm participating in it? And I think the concept of family, I think that, you know, calling ourselves the family of God is important because, you know, when you're born, you don't choose your family. And when you get saved, you don't choose your family. Your family is the people around you. But what you do need to choose to do is to commit to that bunch of people and to allow God to soften your heart Do you notice that your heart, after many years of being saved, is a lot softer than it was when you first got saved? The things that bothered you when you first got saved no longer bother you down the track because, you know, you you begin to see, don't you? And you you begin to see God in people. And the more time you spend with people, the more you see God in those people. And then we begin to do this amazing thing. We receive one another just as Christ also received us. You see, if I'm comparing myself to an amazing church over in the US or something and, and, that, and I go, oh, I need to be like them, I will put pressure on you to be someone who you're not. And God has simply called you to be you. So when we talk about vision in the church, when we talk about where this church is heading, we say, Lord, who's, who is this bunch of people? What are their gifts? What are their talents? What is their time? What what do their calendars look like? What can we do to glorify you and still walk in peace? Because the greatest gift that we can give the community is not to to have an amazing meeting. The greatest gift we can give our community is to have peace. Imagine having an anxiety, stress-free bunch of people in our community. Who's anxiety and stress-free? There's a couple of lies out there, but everyone else, good. We do, we, you know, we do too much. And, I, I, and, you know, one of the things that we want to do in this house is we want to make sure that 
church is not a burden, church is a privilege. Church is, church is something that we go to, to, to get stretched and enlarged and to, and to help stretch and enlarge those around us. Sometimes it's painful because you, you know, we have disagreements with each other. And, and disagreements are always painful. And that's the beauty of the redemptive power of forgiveness and repentance. Repent early, repent often. That's the key to relationship. Kristen, I apologise for whatever's coming in the, um, a little bit later this morning. The second thing we do is we share the responsibility of the church fellowship. In Matthew 25, you know, we, we, see, um, we see Jesus talking about the, the three um, stewards of the talents. And uh, he, says to, he says to one of them, he says, Well done, you upright, honourable, admirable and faithful servant. This is the uh, amplified version, obviously. Honourable, admirable, faithful servant, you have been faithful and trustworthy over a little, and I will put you in charge over much. Enter into and share the joy of the Lord. Enter into and share the joy of the Lord. Where's the joy found? The joy is found when God gives us responsibility and we step into that place and we use it and we, and we invest it. Here's the thing with responsibility. It's not always, sometimes it's attached to your gift, sometimes it's not. Sometimes it's just a responsibility. And uh, uh, the, the youth went on a youth um, retreat a few weeks ago. And, uh, you know, they were all, all, all done and dusted. You know, the, the, the camp ended in the morning. And then the youth spent till 10 o'clock at night packing up. Because the fun was over, you know, their gifts were done, but then the responsibility kicked in and they had to pack up. And, uh, you know, what an, what an amazing um, bunch of people that says, hey, I'll be responsible. One of the great things that we do in, in church is we say those words, I am responsible. Notice that it's the opposite to, the, to human nature. You know, you walk into something messy, I go, who's responsible here? Or do I walk into a mess and say nothing and just clean up the mess? You, the, generally, we don't say, I will be responsible. Generally, we just do whatever the task is in front of us. And the more influential you get, the more, you know, the more, um, the, the more opportunity to be responsible you get. It's funny, the tasks seem to get smaller and smaller. You know, I come to church in the morning and everyone's buzzing around doing all these amazing jobs and I'm just picking up rubbish. I'm just looking, looking for things, you know, what's, you know, and, and God says, hey, just go and do that. You know, I walk past the coffee machine, hopefully someone's standing there, beautiful Nat was there this morning, made me a short black, it was amazing, but I was just looking for rubbish and was blessed. <laughs> Share the joy of the Lord as you look for rubbish and walk past the cappuccino machine six times. <laughs> How do we share? We participate. We share by participating. You don't even know what the issues are, where the challenges are, unless you're participating. Hey, you don't know that, you know what, we pray in this room at, at, at 9 o'clock before a Sunday service every week. And, and because we go in there and pray, um, and, and other guys go in and pray, people go, man, this room's a mess. So they came, and I, like, I think it was Vicky Shane came and asked me, said, hey, why is the prayer room a mess? Can I clean it up? And I go, Fantastic. Sometimes you don't even have to ask them. If you see something that needs to be done, sometimes you can just go and do it. Hey, I, think, I, think that, I think part of it is just participating. And as we participate, we see needs. 
find an area to serve. We invest into the future of the church. We take up an offering every week, don't we? But, but you know, what are we doing? We're investing into the future. It's not just with finances. It's with some of our time. It's with our attitude. It's with forgiveness. It's with repentance. You know, if you blow up at someone, you know, how do you, how do you contribute? You contribute by repenting very quickly. Then what do we do? The next one is we serve the ministry of the church. God's given each of you a gift. It says in 1 Peter 4.10, God has given each of you a gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts. Use them well to serve one another. Here's the thing. The gift that you have, it's not for you. It's for us. So make sure you develop it and you give it to us. Because, you're, you know, if you've got whatever your gift is, God is blessing humanity through you. And this is what I know about the gift of God. He says, you know, my spirit will flow through you like a river of living water. And as you use your gift, develop your gift and bless other people with it, his spirit will flow through you and bless other people. And let me tell you this, as it flows through you, it will also remain in you. It's in the giving of who you are that God blesses you. And then finally... We will support the testimony of our church. First Corinthians nine nineteen says this. Even though Paul says this, he says, even though I'm free from the demands and expectations of everyone, I have voluntarily become a servant to any and all in order to reach a wider range of people. One of the key things to being part of the testimony of the church is not necessarily doing something amazing. It's just being part of the story. The testimony that comes out of the church is because you've decided to be part of the story. You've decided to participate and be part of the story. You've stayed all the way through the test. The testimony doesn't exist without walking through the test. And the reality is sometimes it's just about staying long enough so that there's a great story to tell at the other end of it. There's a great relationship that's found in the other end of it. Some of those people that, are, that you're having challenges with right now, God is going to have a great story of redemption on the other side of it. The testimony of the church is in the stability of the community, not the quality of the event. The testimony of the church is in the stability of the community, not the quality of the event. And let me tell you this, you are the stability of this house. You are the substance of this house. You are what makes this place great. You are the testimony of this house. Be encouraged that God has work to do in you and he has work to do through you. And as you choose to, to call yourself a member, you, know, you, know, you, you get to walk in that blessing. So we remind ourselves this morning that Jesus is the head. And he has given his people, he's given us responsibilities in his church. It doesn't matter what your position is, it matters what your heart and your attitude is. It doesn't matter if you're an elder, a deacon, you're gifted, you're generous, you're service, you're participating. It doesn't matter if you just attend. It doesn't matter what you're doing. What matters is your heart and your commitment to the people around you. God says, love me and love your neighbor. If you can tick both of those boxes... God can do business in his house and he can bless a community. Why don't you stand with me this morning? Church, as we surrender our will to his will, we'll begin to see where our unity lies. 
The Bible says maintain the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. Sometimes we go, what, where's the unity? And here's the thing. We need to surrender our will to His will. As we surrender our will to His will, not only will we see where our unity lies, but we'll, be, we'll become blind to the, to the differences. It's amazing how many people God wants you to be in relationship who are very different to you. There's lots of relational tests in church, but if we stay, the testimony is a grand one. A grand testimony. The grand testimony of Noosa and Pomona. We protect the unity. We share the responsibility. We serve the ministry, support the testimony. What a gift the church is to us, but what a gift you are to the church. You know, on behalf of Kristen and I and the elders and the comm and the senior leaders... We just want to thank you this morning just for being part of the church. What a privilege it is to come together, sing some great songs, have a laugh, pray, have a cup of tea, get to know each other, and in the midst of that, allow God to do business with our hearts. And beyond all of it, we pray this one thing, that he be glorified. All glory to him. All honour to him. All praise to him. As we sing now, Let's praise him. But before we sing every head, with every head bowed and every eye closed, you know, the beginnings of being part of a local church is acknowledging Christ as your saviour. If that's you this morning, if you want to acknowledge Christ as your saviour for the first time, I'd love for you to raise your hand and I'll pray with you this morning. It's a privilege. You know, when you look around this room, you see this amazing bunch of people. You know, to call these guys family is a real honour. But the greater honour is to call Jesus Lord and to call God our Heavenly Father. If that's you this morning, raise your hand. Thank you, Father. Father, we just come before you this morning and we ask, Lord, that you would have our way, have your way. Lord, we ask that you would strengthen us, that you would stir our hearts, that you would open our eyes to see the beauty and the magnificence of you in the people that are around us. Lord, we declare our love for you and we also declare our love for our neighbour, Lord. So we thank you for the privilege and the honour. We thank you for the, 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 the ability to call ourselves the children of the Most High God. So as we go, Father, we go for your glory and by your strength and in your grace. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.